It is the hour. Some of you came early, like I suggested. Isn't that kind of cool? Um, and uh, it's good to have everybody here this morning as we gather together for worship. Um, there are announcements that came in the in your packet of things for this morning, and I hope that you'll take note of the many things. The first one is really important, and that is we're looking for some folks who would be willing to serve as co-hosts to our Sunday morning worship services. Mark has been doing this, um, and Mark is doing a great job, and he knows that he's doing a great job and a wonderful ministry for us all. Um, but Mark doesn't need to be the only one doing it. And so uh, what the person who serves as co-host does is like right now it's popped up on my screen uh, that Richard Reynolds has entered the waiting room at, for this meeting. And since I'm already engaged in worship, Mark is taking care of clicking on, he's been authorized to click on the link that says admit. And so he'll do that and Richard will come into the meeting and I don't have to do that while I'm engaged in worship. And so it's little things like that, um, or reminding someone um, as you can at, when you're a co-host to, uh, to turn on their video or to unmute or to go ahead and mute other people. You have power in this position. Um, right, Mark? So um, if you're interested in doing that, we can give you a quick uh, preview of that, set up a a quick Zoom meeting to show you how that works, and we can do all that by Zoom. So, if you're interested in doing that, just let me know, and um, we'll get you. We'll get a little rotation worked up because Zoom is not going away anytime soon. Even when we do gather back together again, <coughs> excuse me, we won't have the capacity in the building to have everyone here, and there are some who will not be here simply because of their existing health concerns. And so we want to be able to continue to provide this for folks. So um, so we'll need some folks to sign up and be a part of this. So keep that in mind. Um, the session is going to be holding um, a series of Zoom meetings coming up in the next couple of months um, for talk about the, the future and continuing goals of this congregation, things uh, that are important to us. Um, the pastor nominating committee is doing its work and continues to uh, be working on uh, the MIF, the ministry information form, and so, this will be a great opportunity for the congregation to have a part in talking about the goals and the future and ongoing things of the life of the church. Uh, so look for information, more information about that. Coming up on July 23rd, uh, the mission team has got a second opportunity uh, for folks to gather at the regional food bank and um, do that wonderful job of sorting out food uh, that has been donated to the, the food bank uh, so that the next day or later in that evening, it can go on trucks and be out into the food pantries in the communities here in the Northeast. So if you would like to be a part of that, there are 10 folks that can do it. 
uh, first come, first serve. You want to know more about what it, it entails, certainly talk to Wayne Gannett, but you can also talk with um, the Hasselbars, who went last time, with Betty Dietz, who went last time. I was there. Um, any one of us would be happy to tell you more about uh, what it entails and, and such, and it's a very worthwhile time that you spend together. As we look at things, are there other announcements for the life of the church? Anyone? I have one. Uh, just, just a reminder, um, if everyone would uh, continue to send in your tithes and offerings to the church, that would be great. Uh, our revenues have fallen off over the last few months, uh, and our expenses not so much. So um, if you could do that, it would be much appreciated. Uh, you can either mail it into the church office, uh, I make a deposit each week, or if you prefer, we now have online uh, offering through our website. And I'm noticing this past week that we've had a few folks take advantage of that. It's very secure. Um, and uh, it's been working quite well. So either way, uh, your offerings would be much appreciated. Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you, Bill. Other announcements? Let us come to God in worship.
Listen, I have a story to tell. A story of a God who longed for justice. A story of a God who pushed back the waters to make dry land. A story of a God who would not take no for an answer when it came to the safety of God's own. For God's people were suffering. God's people were crying out. God's people were shackled and bound by oppression. So God said to Moses, speak, let my people go. And Moses spoke over and over again. Moses stood up for justice, but over and over again, Pharaoh said no. Power said no. The path to justice is never easy, is it? The path to change is never a straight line, is it? So like Rosa who sat on the bus and Martin who had a dream, Moses kept trying. God kept speaking. Moses kept listening. Hope kept breathing. And when power tried to unravel justice, the people kept dreaming. God longed for justice. God still longs for justice. So let us worship God. For human injustice will never be strong enough to unravel God's dream that all might be free and all might know love. Let us worship holy God. Mark, I never got the stuff, so it was never emailed to me. Okay. I got it. Let us approach God with our confession. Let us pray. God, you have asked us to be like Moses, standing up for your people, standing up for justice. But too often, we are like Pharaoh holding on to power or holding on to privilege. God, you ask us to be like Aaron, who stood by his brother to unravel systems of oppression. But too often we align with Pharaoh, saying no to change and unraveling your vision for justice and peace. Forgive us for all the ways we stand on the wrong side of history. Forgive us for the harm we do to your planet and for the harm we do to your children. Help us to be like Moses. Forgive us when we're like Pharaoh. Amen. Friends, hear the good news of our faith. God is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abandoned. 
abounding in steadfast love, showing compassion to all. Forgiven and freed, let us sing now with joy. God of Israel, free my people so that they can hold a festival for me in the wilderness. Pharaoh said to Moses and Aaron, he said, when Pharaoh speaks to you and says, prove yourselves, perform a miracle, then tell Aaron, take your staff and throw it down in front of Pharaoh. It will turn you turn into a snake. Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and did what God commanded. Aaron threw his staff down in front of Pharaoh and his servants, and it turned into a snake. Pharaoh called in his wise men and sorcerers. The magicians of Egypt did the same thing by their incantations. Each man threw down his staff, and they all turned into snakes. But then Aaron's staff swallowed their staffs. Yet Pharaoh's was a stubborn as ever. He wouldn't listen to them, just as God had said. God said to Moses, Pharaoh is a stubborn man. He refuses to release the people. First thing in the morning, go and meet Pharaoh as he goes down to the river. At the shore of the Nile, take the staff that turned into a snake and say to him, God, the God of the Hebrews, sent me to you with this message. Release my people so that they can worship me in the wilderness. 
So far, you haven't listened. This is how you'll know that I am God. I am going to take this staff that I'm holding and strike this Nile River water. The water will turn to blood. The fish in the Nile will die, and the Nile will stink, and the Egyptians won't be able to drink the Nile water. God said to Moses, tell Aaron, take your staff and wave it over the waters of Egypt, over its rivers, its canals, its ponds, all its bodies of water, so that they turn to blood. That'll be blood everywhere in Egypt, even in the pots and pans. Moses and Aaron did exactly as God commanded them. Aaron raised his staff and hit the water in the Nile with Pharaoh and his servants watching. All the water in the Nile turned into blood. The fish in the Nile died, the Nile stank, and the Egyptians couldn't drink the Nile water. The blood was everywhere in Egypt. But the magicians of Egypt did the same thing with their incantations. Still, Pharaoh remained stubborn. He wouldn't listen to them as God had said. He turned on his heel and went home, never giving it a second thought. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, the people of promise and hope sure look like they're in a place of no promise and no hope. Bereft, we might say. Do you remember what causes that? Do you remember why they're in Egypt to begin with? They are there because of a whole set of brothers who were very, very jealous of their father's favorite son. Yes, we are in the story in Egypt because of Joseph and his brothers, and in many regards, Jacob as well. And the first, very first part of Exodus reminds us poignantly about what is happening in the time that Diane read about. Because in that first chapter it says, Now a new king arose over Egypt who did not know Joseph. <laughs> That means some generations. He said to his people, look, the Israelite people are more numerous and more powerful than we. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, or they will increase, and in the event of war, join our enemies and fight against us and escape from the land. Therefore, they set taskmasters over them to oppress them with forced labor. They built supply cities, Pithom and Ramses for Pharaoh. But the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and spread. 
so that the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites and made their lives bitter with hard service in mortar and brick and in every kind of field labor. They were, ruth they were ruthless in all the tasks that they imposed on them. Any remembrance of promise and hope seems to be gone from the people. This idea of a promise from God and hope for a future surely has to be the last thing on their mind as they work for Pharaoh. But one knows that someone arises, really two someones, Moses and Aaron arise. God calls Moses from that burning bush. And Moses says, I don't speak so well, God. To which God finally relents and says, well, then bring your brother Aaron along with you. But life in Egypt isn't good. It's unraveling. Life in Egypt is unraveling like a cat with a ball of yarn. Because Pharaoh's heart is hard. Do you remember why? Do you remember that God actually hardened Pharaoh's heart? So it's not just that Pharaoh's uh, so-and-so, but God hardened Pharaoh's heart. The one who is in power only has a little bit of that power as plague after plague after plague after plague assaults the land and the people and the control just sifts through his hands like grains of sand. Pharaoh is unraveling. Yet Moses doesn't necessarily see that. Moses sees the pompous buffoon straining to hold on to the people that he has oppressed, trotting around his palace magicians to do sleight of hand that might come to match what God is performing in their midst. But God never promised that it would be easy, did God? <laughs> but would it be this hard? You see, Moses' expectation in all of this certainly must be unraveling as well. Moses, the, the one of promise and hope, the one drawn from the river and raised in the Pharaoh's house, when all of the other little baby boys are being killed. One who has grown up knowing about this promise and this hope 
to see plague after plague after plague, to hear no, 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 no from Pharaoh. One might simply think, well, if anything in biblical text is ever simple, but one might simply think that this whole series is just a story about oppression and liberation. And on the face of it, it is. On the face of it, it is a story of a people held captive by an unjust ruler. But when you look a little deeper, you begin to notice that this story, this narrative in our biblical text is really a story about fear and scarcity. Too many of them that they may overrun us. If it sounds familiar, it should be. Our society works on the exact same scarcity model. There isn't enough out there, you know. There isn't enough, so we have to, and you can fill in the blank. We have to keep people out. We have to make sure some are incarcerated. We have to this. We have to that. We have to, we have to, we have to. We have to make certain we have and others don't. The God of the universe has never been about scarcity. The God of the universe has never been about scarcity and has always been about abundance, more than enough. And the God of more than enough always keeps coming back, always keeps coming back to Pharaoh, and each time God does, each time the God of abundance comes back to Pharaoh, Pharaoh unravels just a little bit. It is like the story of Rispa crying out for justice for her sons. It is like the story of the Syrophoenician woman who says to Jesus, even the dogs get crumbs. Why can't I eat at your table as well? The God of abundance is with, is with all of these and the narratives that surround them begin to unravel when they know that God is present. Each time that we claim the gospel of scarcity, we unravel a little bit also. Just look at history. Wars have been fought, not because of abundance, 
but out of scarcity. Out of scarcity of resources, of people, real or perceived. They have more than we have. We've got to get it. And what might happen if others get what I have? The gospel of scarcity really is what gave rise to the prosperity gospel. You know, that corruption of texts which says, God wants you to be healthy, wealthy, and wise. God wants you to be filled with all of those things. And if only you do these certain things, you too will be blessed by God. Friends, that's transactional grace. If we only have enough faith in God, God will deliver that security and prosperity to us. And that is acting out of scarcity and not abundance. Abundance tells us that the love of God and the grace of God are free gifts for us. Abundance unravels scarcity. It does it every time. And the myth of scarcity is always unraveled. making those who claim it grab even more as their lives unravel around them. Let my people go, God says to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh's unraveling begins. Let my people go, Moses and Aaron say time and time and time again. And with each time they utter those divine words, their spirits are knit back together. The great divine crochet hook takes the thread and makes a garment of them. God said, let my people go. God says that even today. Let my people go. There is enough. Enough in our church, enough in our community, enough in our nation, enough in our world for all to be filled, to, for all to know justice and hope and peace. And it is God that knits us together, making us one in Christ. Thanks be to God. Amen. I believe in God, the great sower, who weaves us together in community, collecting our loose ends and turning them into belongings. I believe in the Holy Spirit, 
who hems us in before and behind, catching us when we fall and writing us into God's holy narrative. And I believe in Jesus Christ, who loved and claimed the people society had thrown out, refusing to disregard anyone as scrap. I believe in God has woven part of God's self into the fiber of our being, making us inherently worthy of love and belonging. I believe the fabric of my life is weak, that I am prone to error and need God's handiwork to remind me of love. I believe in the church and that like a quilt of different fabrics, she is designed to be as diverse and beautiful as God's creation. And I believe that when life unravels, God is there to stitch my wounds together, to hold me in the palm of God's hand, to tell me of love, and to invite me into a new journey. Amen. The offering. Let us offer the fruit of our labor to God and make good on our vows to the Most High. Let us pray. You call us to sow your word in all times and places, even when the ground is hard and shallow. For faith is a gift that comes from you, and fruitful discipleship is the work of your spirit in us. May the gifts we offer this day spread the good news of life abundant in Christ. Amen. Amen. come to God in prayer. Let us pray. 
Holy God, we were yours before we drew breath, and still we will be yours when the pulse of life ceases. In every fragile, reckless moment, we belong to you. We thank you for the desire of our parents who gave us life. May the love we have received spill gratitude from our hearts. May the wounds we carry open our hearts to the needs of others. May we recognize in your mercy the faithfulness that judges and redeems every human bond. We lift to you now all that seems irreconcilable in our families, in our schools and workplaces, in our nation, in your church, in your world. We pray for those we identify as leaders in every sphere of life. We pray for our elected officials and for all whose decisions weigh heavily on others. Even so, Lord, give us the courage to name ourselves as those whose responsibility is great. Teach us to act, to tend the world you love to sow more than we reap, to heal more than we wound, to make room for others as you have made room for us. Redeeming God, stake your claim upon us now until we hear your gospel echo in each stranger's story and see your image reflected on every wounded face. For we pray in the name of Jesus, who unsettles our lives for the sake of your love, and who has taught us when praying to say together, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
God comes to us with grace and promise and hope and future and calls on us to go out into the world and say to those in power, let my people go. We, siblings in Christ, we are God's agents of change in this world and for this time. It will be tough. It will be so difficult we may stop and say, you know, it was a whole lot better when we lived back in Egypt. But God calls. And we know those whom God calls God equips. So go out then, dear friends, into this world, into this unraveling and unraveled world, and allow God to move through you and create something new, near and far. Go out, knowing that the grace, mercy, and peace of God Almighty, Creator Christ, and Holy Spirit will be with you and abide with you this day and always. Amen and amen. <laughs>